Good evening and welcome to another edition of True Crime. I mean the Sunday Conversation Podcast. <laughs> Presented by Loyalty Liquors. Hosted by Aaron Taylor and Ben Schanenberger. Tonight we will be discussing the fraudulent, fraudulent people that partook in this what we'll just call a universal mass fucking um aaron how are you doing tonight uh i mean tonight right now i'm i'm great man it's been a it's definitely been an interesting week um before i say anything else it's funny you you said true crime because i literally i I walked in the door from the gym this afternoon about an hour ago and, and i was thinking to myself i'm like are Ben and I going to be a true crime podcast now? Because like, we're going to talk about financial crime. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Ben, Ben, uh, Ben, an interesting week. That's for, that's for damn sure. How you doing, buddy? How was your week? I mean, <clears throat> my week, my week was great. Um, like real great. Like in terms of like, I, I guess I, I didn't, I wasn't like involved in, you know, the, the day-to-day trading of like what was ha- or, or like you know we'll call them the meme stocks we'll get all into it obviously but uh so meaning like my week just went on like a normal week you know just just normal you know 10 20k swings in crypto nothing crazy, <laughs> nothing crazy. <laughs> um yeah i i mean i i don't even know it should i really don't know where to start Ben, like, should I, so, I mean, just, you know, to, to set the groundwork, I mean, I got railroaded by, you know, what will probably go down as one of the great collusion uh, slash illegal possibly slash uh, you know, cover the wealthy and screw the poor schemes that's ever happened in this country. Um, I, I guess I'll just kind of start, from the the beginning, at least in my part of the story, not even really talking about the whole overall thing. So I had kind of known what was going on with GameStop stock the last few weeks. Um, You know, I try and pay attention to the broad markets every day and see what's moving and shaking. And, and I had noticed it going up and, and I didn't know the underlying intricacies of which we'll get into. Um, until late last week, early this week. And when I kind of found out, I was like, well, I, I really like the, the ideology behind this and I would like to get involved. But, you know, at the time, I think GameStop was trading around 200 bucks a share. And I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, take a big position in something that's 200 bucks a share because at the end of the day, how much more price movement does it really have? It, it's ripe, you know, to come all the way crashing down and lose all, you know, a lot of money. So I'm like, I'm not going to get involved there. So I went to the internet and I, you know, read up and did some more research on, on what was going on. And there was a couple other stocks that had been labeled um, that were going to be the next meme stocks that Reddit users were going to sick people on. And, and they were like BlackBerry, Nokia, uh, Express, the, the clothing company, and uh, AMC, the movie theater chain. So when I looked, this was like Tuesday afternoon around three o'clock, AMC was like $4.50 a share. So I said, all right, you know what? Like, this isn't, isn't expensive. It seems like it really hasn't done a bunch of crazy price movement yet. This will be the one I get in. 
So I just dipped my foot into start. I bought a hundred dollars worth of, you know, 20, you know, whatever, 23 shares or whatever. And from the time I bought it around three fifteen until eight o'clock, which is when Robin hood kind of stops update and we'll get to fucking Robin hood. Their day of reckoning is coming too. around <laughs> eight, eight o'clock when, when Robin hood kind of stops updating, you know, post-market prices, I had doubled my money and more than doubled my money. Cause it was up to like $8 and 75 cents a share. And I'm like, this is fucking bananas. So in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, this is, this is going to be the next GameStop. This is going to be the one that's going to blow up. It's going to be the one that everyone's going to put their money in. So the next morning and, and you know, from that point on, I read everything I could on the internet. I'd read everything I'd read it. I'd read, you know, Twitter. I was, I was all over everything I could get my hands on. And that seemed to be what, the consensus was. And regardless of how you feel about the technical analysis of these companies, at the end of the day, if millions of people are buying the securities all at once, it will drive the price up regardless of if you think movie theaters will ever come back or if GameStop is actually a good company or whatever. So I'm like, well, it looks like there's a, a way to get, you know, make some, some money pretty fast here. So I cleared up some stuff. I, you know, thankfully I, I got paid on Wednesday. So I, I put another $600 in out of my paycheck. Uh, I, I sold a couple positions that, you know, were short-term holds anyways. I, all in all, I cleared up about 1400 bucks. I said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go all in here. Uh, well, obviously not all in, but I'm going to, you know, make a big play here, hopefully catch a, a big score pretty quickly. And then, and then we'll get out. So Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning, uh, AMC was, I don't even remember what it was up to in the morning. It was trading around 13, $14 pre-market. So like it had gone up $10 a share overnight, pretty much market opens. And basically right away, all the brokerage apps just shit the bed. So many people trying to buy these stocks all at once. The companies can't fill the orders. Uh, you know, the, the apps aren't updating, prices aren't updating. It's a fucking nightmare. Thankfully, I get two orders in one pre-market around 901 and then one shortly after the market opens. So I get 101 shares at an average cost of 1490 because it had gone up to around 20 bucks by the time the market actually opened. And so Wednesday was all over the place. It was up around 20, it had dropped back down and then it kind of muddled around in like the 13, 14, $15 range for a good chunk of the day. But the volume, which is the amount of shares traded every day was out of control. You know, I, th I think AMC's normal volume was somewhere around 35 million shares. And at the end of the day, Wednesday, 1.2 billion shares of AMC had been traded. And at the end of the day, as the market was closing, the price just started to go up. So it was, uh, it was around $19. It closed around $19. So I had made, you know, five bucks a share. You're talking, I'd made about 33%. So I'd made about $500 that day. And I'm like, geez, all right. I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, well, this has plenty of room to run. It's getting covered all by the media. It's all over the media. Like people are going to jump into this even more. Tomorrow's going to fucking explode. Thursday morning comes about nine o'clock, half hour before the market opens. It comes out that Robin hood <clears throat> would be blocking the purchase of GameStop, Blackberry, Nokia, uh, AMC express costs, which I, I think is a headphone company. Was it American airlines? One of them American airlines was later in the day, uh, Thursday that got added because American airlines got a pop because they had really good earnings 
And then people just jumped on board on that too. But American Airlines ended up becoming one of them as well. So Robinhood shut down the sale of these securities. And they weren't the only ones to do it in their defense. They weren't the only ones to do it. There was a few other brokerages that did it as well. Now, if you're thinking, okay, well, who really cares? All right, well, here's the problem with that is if you're not allowing people to buy positions, the price can't go up. And the majority of the people buying these stocks are on Robinhood. They're Robinhood traders. If you're not allowing the securities to be purchased, the stock price won't go up. And conversely, most people will look at it and panic and sell, sell out of the positions, which will then drive the price down. I'll get to why that matters in a little while. The internet starts fucking killing Robinhood. Everywhere you look, every Robinhood's getting killed. You know, market closes yesterday. AMC's down around nine bucks, nine eighty or something. Post market or after hours, it has a good little rally. This morning, pre market, it had a good little rally, and then today it kind of muddled around in the same range, and then it closed strong. It closed at about thirteen some odd dollars, thirteen dollars and some odd cents. So all in all, okay day. I'm you know I'm still down on it obviously, but but overall okay day. So. That was how I got involved in this whole situation. Ben, would you like to add anything, interject, ask any questions before well, I proceed first thing, The first thing I'd like to do is, before we proceed with the absolute bashing of Robin Hood and their fucking idiot CEO, who, poor guy, is just going to be dragged over. He, he might as well just, I don't know. Sell the company. Or whatever. I, but um, it's funny how last week I had said that how cool Robin Hood was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was, I was going to bring that up at one point. Uh, I mean, but that is the thing. is like you, you're not wrong. I mean, that, that is what has made Robin Hood so appealing and what it drew so many people to it and, and <laughs> is going to ultimately be their demise. Um, all right, so let's backtrack a little bit. Let's backtrack to kind of where – where, how and why this whole thing kind of started in the first place. Um, because without that, none of what I just said makes any sense. So uh, I want to say it started like the week after Christmas or the first week of the year. Um, GameStop had had a good holiday season, um, which is, you know, surprising. You look at GameStop as a company and they're a dinosaur, right? It's a company that sells video games, most of them are located in malls, the brick and mortar locations, they're retail. So they're probably getting crushed by coronavirus. Yeah, dude, I can't believe fucking like malls still exist, but uh, they probably won't for much longer. Carry on. So GameStop is okay. GameStop is basically blockbuster at this point, right? Because nowadays video game consoles, if you want to buy a game, you just, you just download it right from the internet. You, you pay through the, the, the console and you can download the game right from the internet. So you don't need to physically go to GameStop to buy games anymore. Is there a place on, a, on the new consoles to put a disc in or no? Uh, yes, because if you do choose to be old school, you can buy a game, you buy the disc, you put the disc in, and then it downloads the game from the disc and then you don't need the disc anymore. So they do still have them, but that's kind of, you know, it's still the old school. So, but anyways, you know, GameStop probably makes money from hardware as well as like nostalgia games, like games that you, you can't, you can't buy through like Xbox's marketplace or whatever that you have to buy physical copies of or whatever. Um, so 
what I'm getting at, GameStop, probably not a company you want to invest in long-term, probably not going to be around for forever. So smart money, as it's known, uh, big, big hedge funds who are allowed to use leverage at some point in this podcast, I'll explain what leverage is, um, decided that they were going to short GameStop stock. Now, I'm sure we've talked about it on here before, but just to keep everybody, you know, informed and not bogged down and not know what anything means. Shorting is essentially betting that a stock will go down. Technically, what happens is if you short a stock, you borrow sale, or borrow sales, borrow shares from a brokerage. You then sell those shares, anticipating that the stock price will go down, allowing you to buy them at the lower price paying back the shares you owe and pocketing the difference between the price that you sold them at and the price that you bought them at. It's, it's, a, it's a strategy that's been around for a while. It's classically used as a hedge position when you're long on something that's having rough days. Um, it's been used all over the place. Now, hedge funds don't legally have to make their short positions known. Um, it's, a, it's an SEC rule or SEC law, whatever, that a hedge fund that is just shorting a stock doesn't have to make their position known. But if they use something called a put option, which is basically the same concept, slightly different because there's expiration dates and there's that's when, principles. Um, that's when they have to tell you. If they use a put option, they have to publish what their put option positions are. So guy on Reddit decides to do some digging and looks at what companies have the largest short positions. Where, where would you look that up? Like, how would you go? You can, you can Google open short interest and the companies that the companies that have the highest short interest will come up. Um, it's very public information, very easy to find. Um, so this guy, this guy on Reddit, God bless him. I think he turned fifty thousand dollars into like thirty-four million in a month. God bless him. So he basically comes out, and I'm this is all paraphrasing, but you know, and says this is bullshit. I, I, I missed one part. GameStop had 140%, roughly 138% short interest, meaning 100% of GameStop's shares were shorted. And then another 40% of shares that don't even exist were shorted. So if a company had a million shares, GameStop somehow had 1.4 million shares shorted, which how can you short something that doesn't exist? That's where leverage comes in. So this guy on Reddit looks at it and goes like, this is bullshit. You know, this companies they're trying to run this company into the ground. Let's put on what's called a short squeeze. A short squeeze is when a hedge fund has to cover their short position because the price of the stock that they shorted is going up. They have to buy that stock to cover their short position and take the profits as the stock goes up because they're losing money on their shorts. What that in turn does though, is force the price up even more because now your average Tom, Dick and Harry who are buying the stock are not the only ones forcing the price up. You've got big, big, big money driving the price up as well. So this starts to play out with GameStop. GameStop, you know, slowly is going up. I remember like the first or second week of January it was trading around like 30, 40 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck is up with GameStop? And I didn't do any research. I'm like, this is just some shit that's going on, whatever. The shares keep going up and up and up and up and up. And just for, it was at like four bucks over this past summer. Yeah. I think, I think around the holiday season, um, I think it got to like $13 or something like that. 
um, which was still probably high for what it is. So anyways, a short squeeze gets put on. And basically what it's, what's happening is tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, of people are buying GameStop stock, which is driving the price up. Because of that, these multi-billion dollar hedge funds are having to buy stock as well because they need to cover their short positions. So what, what it basically turns into is Main Street versus Wall Street. The average Joe who's gotten fucked over by Wall Street a million times, basically sticking it back to the same people who fucked them over with irresponsible gambling with the world economy, the US economy, um, all kinds of shit. So the, but it was more the principle of it that these short sellers um, can basically run companies that are struggling into the ground. A company like AMC, which I'm biased because I own you know shares right now, but a movie theater, the, the largest movie theater uh, company in the world, what what are they going to do? They have no choice. You know, their their whole business is built on people coming in to watch movies, and because in the majority of the country people still can't come watch movies, obviously they're fucking failing. So when short sellers have a seventy percent short interest on the company, meaning seventy percent of the shares of the company are shorted, it's going to run them right into the ground, and they have no recourse. How do you fight it? You know, so. Uh, you know, it, it, the principle of it was basically like, hey, we're not going to let these hedge funds run these companies into the ground. And boy, oh boy, did it work. The movement gained steam. GameStop's price kept going up and up and up to the point where it was, at one point, it was $513 a share from $13 less than a month ago. So obviously that created the attention in the media, what's going on, blah, 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 which showed more or shown more light into uh, the other stocks that were being picked, which then in turn people jumped all over and the power of the internet went crazy. Memes all over the place. Reddit was like, they had to shut down the thread because there were so many people trying to activate it at once uh, or or, um, access it at once. Um, It was crazy. So that was kind of the background of how we got to this point. Well, Basically, I have a deeper theory. Go ahead, Ben. I need I need to take a break from talking. I basically just talked for the entire fifteen minutes that uh, that's been going on so far. So let let me hear those. Uh, those yeah, well, let's, let's, say, turn. Let, let's take a brief intermission for real. Hit pause. No, I'm serious. So, obviously, we're back. By the way. Because I'm not okay. even gonna, I'm not even gonna cut that. It's just gonna roll the audio together. So, we're back. <laughs> we are back. Um, so I told you the other day, like, uh, you know, I guess like my whole like conspiracy brain came out like when all this was kind of going down, and um, my first thought was like and this is going to be like bad radio because I can't remember all the examples, but I just like at one point I had seen this like article or if it was like pictures or something, but basically it was talking about how like all these like big, huge events that have happened. Like, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but like some of these big events that are happening, like, have really like weird like anomalies that kind of go with them and it's like uh like one of the examples was um uh bernie madoff 
like the guy had a Ponzi scheme and he basically took a bunch of people's money. Obviously he got in trouble, but Bernie made off and it's like, you know, right under your fucking nose, sort of like in a sense of like, dude, they're like, are they playing with us? So I've, that was like in my brain. And I had heard of a couple other examples like, Oh, like that same time that I heard the Bernie Madoff one. And then it got me thinking, I was like, yo, Aaron, if they're talking about like the great reset and all this shit that's happening and 2020 and um, basically, you know, like kind of like, which I had heard before, like resetting of the financial, you know, system. Cause we've talked about how, you know, the, the wealth gap is, you know, farther apart than ever. And it would be, you know, exciting to like close that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, dude, what is the stock market? It's a game. And then I was like thinking more, it's like game stop the game stopped and uh i don't know man it's like what whatever way you think about it it's just to think like we just made it through 2020 you couldn't have made up the shit that happened in 2020 for sure not and, and then now here we are it's like 2020 fucking or 2021 like coming in hot like greatest you know corruption scandal all time and it just um i don't know it's definitely it's like kind of cool to like witness it all and you know to think that like dude the system is rigged against common people yeah and and i would say all of our listeners including ourselves are common people like yes i would agree with 100 percent. like we're not trying to be anything you know we know exactly who we are you know what i mean and it's like where we came from you know we weren't on yachts and in the hamptons and you know whatever well, but we, we are on, now we, we were on bikes on nantucket right and the best part is is like we're living through this great reset. And then if this thing really truly does happen, it's going to be us because we're doing our thing right now. Well, um, that's a perfect segue into the whole Robin hood aspect of this, because what, you know, what happened was, is that as soon as main street started to, you know, win the tug of war against wall street, the rules were changed. So let's like kind of dig into that a little bit. So as we mentioned, Robinhood stopped allowing the the, the purchase of security. Let's, of, let's backtrack. Robinhood. Robinhood. Ever the heard of a fucking them? character that fucking stole from the rich and gave to the poor? Oh, the irony. Oh, the irony. Oh, the irony. Um. So, so Robinhood's whole platform and business model is built on making the stock market easy, making it fun, making it cheap. You know, there's, there's no, it's, it's no commission. 
And like, that is what draws so many people to the platform, right? It's as simple as it gets. It's just was talking about it. It's like literally a week ago, we were talking about how, how, or two weeks ago, whatever the hell it was, how great it is. Um, but when it came time for Robin Hood to show its true colors, they showed its true colors. Now I, I think there's more to it, but let's, we'll delve into it. So as I said, Robin Hood stops the trading or I'm sorry, stops the purchase and options trading on specific securities. Obviously the securities that are involved in these meme stocks, right? Shut them down for the entire day. The internet's up in arms about it. Robin Hood says almost nothing all day. At night, or after the session closed, they send an, they sent an email, which I am going to, uh, I'm going to pull up right now. Cause I, as a Robin hood user or as what soon to be an ex Robin hood user, um, to, 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 to update on Robin hood systems that no, that was from March. That was when they shit the bed in March. Um, so let's see. It would have been yesterday around four o'clock. Here it is. Okay. An update on market conditions. Hi, Aaron. It's been a tough day and we're grateful to you for being a Robin Hood customer. In light of the extraordinary market conditions this week, we temporarily limited buying for certain securities this morning. By the way, securities is in this instance is stocks, stocks, bonds, anything tradable as an asset on the market is referred to as securities, but just, just in case anyone was tripped up by that. Starting tomorrow, we plan to allow limited buys of these securities. We'll continue to monitor the situation and may make adjustments as needed. This was a temporary decision made to best continue serving you and was not an easy one to make. We know it's led to frustration and confusion and wanted to provide some clarity. As a brokerage firm, we have many financial requirements, including SEC net capital obligations and clearinghouse deposits. Some of these requirements fluctuate based on volatility in the markets and can be substantial in the current environment. These requirements exist to protect investors and the markets and, and the markets, and we take our responsibilities to comply with them seriously, including through the measures we have taken today. To be clear, this division was this decision was not made on the direction of any ma- market maker we route to or other market participants. The past year in particular has shown us that the financial markets are for everyone, not just institutional investors and hedge funds. We've seen a new generation enter the market and they're sparking conversations about what it means to be an investor. We stand in support of you, our customers, democratizing finance for all means giving more people access, not less. I mean, even in their fucking email they sent yesterday, they just totally contradicted themselves. Um, I I don't get like, I mean, and, like I watched a couple interviews with the uh, CEO who's just a complete dipshit. Um, meaning like he just, the way he, he read off a script. He just yeah. read off a script the whole time. If you watch his eyes in the CNBC interview, you see, he says something and then he looks down real quick. He reads a line and he says the line he was reading off a fucking script and he more or less just said exactly what was in that email. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. It was just that like, he just kept like saying like he was totally like deflecting, um and uh it the when they the whole thing with them like saying like they've said like multiple multiple times like uh there was no what is it market makers or something market makers yep they had no influence from market makers Mm -hmm. or like whatever it's just like how many times are you gonna say one thing to like like people aren't dumb. It's like right. that's exactly who you had influence from, like fact. So I don't know why you keep saying it. Like just 
use different words or something because it's like it's almost like triggering someone the first thing i thought like uh, when basically he was like oh yeah we had no outside influence from market makers it's like so you had outside influence from market makers you know what i mean like it was like the first i would have never been like oh that's why they did it until and then you know it's like now they're just like screaming it to you and obviously there's more to it too like yeah there's so, like the owner or like or, or do you want to talk about like the- yeah that's what i was just gonna say it's like all right yeah. so there's a little bit more when it comes to intricacies with this okay so robin hood there's a couple different levels that will make you realize that why they did what they they had why they did what they did yesterday so firstly robin hood's majority owner and biggest partner when it comes to selling securities and i guess buying securities as well is citadel llc citadel llc is a hedge fund that manages tens of billions if not hundreds of billions of dollars i don't know i didn't look at their 10k before we got on here but Citadel is a hedge fund, which is Robinhood's number one partner, customer, and I guess in this sense, distributor as well in terms of how that's who they move their securities through. Citadel was also one of the hedge funds that was extremely short on all these stocks that were being traded just as an aside, I, I meant to bring this up and I forgot, but Melvin Capital, which is a hedge fund famous for shorting stocks, took a $13 billion loss and had to get bailed out by two other hedge funds, which was awesome. That was the whole point of what they were trying to do was force these hedge funds out of business. Anyways, Citadel Capital, majority owner of Robinhood, also their biggest partner. Okay. That's part of it. Next, Robinhood is not a publicly traded company yet. Robinhood, for the last couple months, has been in talks with the SEC about going public, about having an IPO, right? IPO, initial price offering, it's when a company gets listed on the stock market, and then you can buy shares of said company. Now, IPOs are kind of a dirty game, because when a company IPOs, they don't just say, you know, it doesn't just, Monday morning doesn't come, and they're public, and you buy it. What happens is, they go to investment banks and hedge funds and the company is valued, right? So, you know, say a company like Robinhood is valued at, um, this is total number I'm pulling out of my ass, $60 million, I'm sorry, $60 billion. Now, when that company finally hits the market, its value will be somewhere around 80 to 90 billion because the investment banks and the hedge funds will get first crack at those shares before you, the common guy, will get a chance to buy them. So they'll buy them, drive the price up, the stock will IPO, people, the common people will then buy it at 50% more than what hedge funds and investment banks paid for. I'm sorry, yeah, hedge funds and investment banks paid for. And then the hedge funds and investment banks sell out of their positions, the stock drops, but they just made however much money by selling their position that they got at 50% cheaper than the general public. Yeah. That's just, a, that's fuckery. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing way to make a fuck ton of money, but. It's, and it's there's like, dozens of companies that IPO every year. So Robinhood planning on IPOing this year has to look at their partners, their future partners in hedge funds and re, in investment banks and think, well, 
if we just let these fucking Joe Schmoes, you know, run these hedge funds out of business, how's it going to reflect on us when it comes time where we need these people? That's the second part of it. The third part of it, and our boy Vlad Tanev, Tanev, I think that's his, his name, denied this vehemently, but I can't wrap my brain around how it could not be true. I think the biggest issue in all of this is, and, and you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, is that Robinhood had a liquidity problem or has a liquidity problem. And basically just to simplify that for anybody who you know doesn't know anything about any of this shit. Yeah, enlighten uh, me. Because I, I was watching some interview, interview with, uh, who is it, Chris Como? Yeah. Um, and he was just basically like saying, so you were having a liquidity problem? And then the guy was like, no, no, there was no liquidity problem. Like meaning like, so then why, why, you know, why did it get shut off if there was no liquidity problem? And then he, he jumped and said, well, because there's like fees and everything or, or like some sort of like um, clearing houses yep. that money has to go through. And then he was just like, well, um, there's, he didn't say it like this, but like, he's like, well, there's an organization that's in charge of, you know, taking care of that stuff. And it's called the SEC. And if, if they didn't say there was a, you know, an issue yeah. that you guys definitely have no right to say there's, you know, an issue. Right. So like it obviously like just turned it right back into like saying, okay, so now you guys are really caught fucking dead in the water. And um, yeah, yeah. You're like, at this point, they're just incriminating their, themselves with every word that they speak. It's right. Like, so, so a liquidity problem in this instance would more or less mean that Robinhood does not have the cash on hand and does not have access to enough cash to cover what could potentially happen if, say, GameStop went to $1,000 a share and AMC went to $100 a share. If these share prices continue to go up with the amount of holdings that people have of these stocks in their Robinhood accounts, it would potentially bankrupt Robinhood if everybody, not even if everybody, if only a certain percentage of people decided to pull their money out all at once. Robinhood didn't, this is just me. Again, this has not been confirmed by anybody and who knows if it ever will be, but did not have the liquid cash on hand to fill sell orders had they come. So by shutting off the markets and not letting people buy, you're essentially controlling the price price will come back down. Liquidity becomes less of an issue. That is my honest thinking for what happened. Now, there's another element to this, another technical element to this that has been on display two of the last three days. And that is the hedge funds realizing that they either need to get out of their short positions or are going to need to cover losses, have to get liquidity as well. Most of these, they trade in securities. They don't keep cash on hand. Most of these hedge funds are not sitting on piles and piles of cash the way a company like Apple is. So for them to get cash, to get liquid, they have to sell securities that they own. And so they sell things that they're long on. Long meaning over the course of time, you think the stock will go up. So a company- Which are like S&P 500. Blue chip stocks, blue Apple, chip Microsoft, stock. you know, shit like that. Which in turn, if they sell that, that price goes down. It just fucks the whole market. Precisely. So two days ago, uh, the Dow Jones was down something like 600 points, which is a lot. 
uh, the S&P and the NASDAQ were both down over a percentage point as well. And the reason being is the hedge funds realizing what they were up against and that they potentially would need to force some liquidity sold billions of dollars worth of companies that they're long on, which in turn drags their share prices down. And in turn, because they're so heavily weighted within those indices, pulls the entire index down. So Ben and I were talking yesterday and one of the concerns that, that does come up is if this got even more out of hand and these hedge funds had to liquidate even more assets, it could potentially pull the stock market into a recession in a week, you know, not by the technical definition of recession, but it could potentially drop the stock market 10 to 15% in a week, which would be catastrophic. Like trillions of dollars would poof up and vanish if that were to happen. So that is the long-term negative could side. Could it still happen? It. I mean, it's not, over, I mean, technically. Oh, it could definitely still happen. It could definitely still happen. So just, just a little bit more technicalities and all this. Most of these put options on these hedge funds were using expired today. Um, when, a, when an option contract expires, you have two choices. You either sell it, if it's worth something, somebody will buy it. But if in this case, these put options are worthless, so nobody's going to buy them or you exercise them. And for each contract you hold, you have the ability to either buy or sell, depending on if it's a call or put option, respectively, a um, hundred shares of whatever the stock is. So in this case, AMC and GameStop, they now for every put option contract, they have to sell a hundred shares of whatever stock at whatever the strike price is, which is probably much lower than what it is now, which will in turn flood a bunch of shares in the market and should drive the share price up. So that was why today was important. But from what I can tell so far, this looks like it's going to carry over into next week, which will in turn probably drive down the S&P 500 and NASDAQ and, and Dow Jones. And that's why you saw blue chip stocks across the board down today and companies like, you know, fucking uh, BlackBerry, which I don't even know if they make phones anymore, up 9%. You know, so. Dude, well, I know it's funny. I got a BlackBerry right here. My BlackBerry curve. That's unbelievable. Did you did you like prepare and bring that, or was my, that just my, like my there? dad jokingly gave it to me the other day? He was like, "Hey, here, here here's your phone," <laughs> but uh, it really this was my old phone. This was probably when I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that BlackBerry at one time was was in the the space, but you know, as Apple kind of and Samsung took over, and that was kind of the end of BlackBerry. Um, but BlackBerry is one of the stocks that's listed and Blockbuster was one, you know, was up for a little while there. Um, but it's a very interesting Blockbuster is still a public. Apparently <laughs> I didn't know that either, but apparently Blockbuster is somehow still publicly traded. Um, How does that work? Well, technically you can file for bankruptcy and then relist afterwards, depending on what type of bankruptcy you file. For. No, but I mean like, what do they do? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. No, absolutely no fucking clue. Um, interesting, but it does show you the, the interesting power dynamic between wall street and main street. And, you know, the, just from a more philosophical standpoint, like the problem with all this is that when the little guy started winning, wall street didn't like that. 
and they changed the rules. And if you turned on any of the financial news stations over the last couple of days, all you heard was old fucking crotchety hedge fund managers and guys that used to work at Goldman Sachs, you know, bitching and moaning about the little guy finally making a buck. And if that doesn't show you that the game is rigged against you, I don't know what will. Um, you know, it does, it should make you lose confidence. One of the great things that came out of this though, I was reading an article on market watch before we jumped on the sec has come out and said that they're fully planning on investigating Robin hood and to see if there was any kind of market manipulation going on to drop the price of the stock, which I don't know how they can possibly not find that. Um, but what typically, or what tends to happen with these things. And we saw it on display in 2008 is that no regulation comes from it. Because at the end of the day, hedge funds and investment banks spend billions of dollars a year on lobbyists to, you know, fund politicians' campaigns and to keep laws from getting changed that negatively affect their business. And that is the system we live in. That's the system we've always lived in. And it will continue to be that way until there's major overhaul when it comes to our political system. Not to turn this political, but you have lobbyists spending, you know, millions of dollars to help fund politicians campaign so that they don't change laws and regulate well then who continues to get fucked you idiots who keep voting for these fucking people sorry i didn't mean to get you know upset there no no i mean it's 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 totally you have a right as an american citizen to just you know be pissed off and uh it really is crazy man it's crazy that uh that this shit kind of happens and, and like you're talking about, like, yeah, the sec will do an, you know, big time investigation. And, but guess what? I'm sure someone's greasing the sec's pockets too, somehow. And it's sure, like, well, sure. I, 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 like, I, I watched the big short last night to get myself all jazzed up. Cause I fucking love that movie. It's one of my favorites, but um, you know, at the very end of the movie, if you've never seen it, you should absolutely watch it. It's excellent actors, excellent story. Most of it, the majority of it is true, but at the very end, you know, as they're closing, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, uh, I'm sorry, Ryan Gosling's character is talking, you know, narrating. And he's like, and in the years to follow, there was, you know, a massive overhaul and they did, and they regulated the big banks and they broke them up and made them smaller and had them less control. And hundreds of bankers went to jail and blah, blah. blah. And then the music stops and he goes, just kidding. And, in the whole yeah. in the whole financial crisis of 2008 which i've said a bunch of times on this podcast before was literally days away from the world's economy collapsing in on itself which again hedge funds and investment banks created the problem over the course of multiple decades but they created the problem and their greed almost collapsed the world economy and you the american taxpayer bailed them out because that is how it goes in this country but at the end of 2008 one guy went to jail and it was because he got caught, you know, moving a couple billion dollars off the books. And, uh, and I was, it. I was the only person that went to jail. So while I'm hopeful that this kind of exposes, you know, the need for regulation on certain things, especially when it comes to leverage and margin trading, um, which by, I said, I would explain that. And I, I really haven't to this point. Leverage is, uh, is something that hedge funds and investment banks use basically where you can turn, $10 million into a billion dollars uh, with sleight of hand. Simplest example I can give is if you're a hedge fund and you decide you want to buy a dollar's worth of a security, banks will allow you to buy 15 times that uh, if you so choose. 
if you're long on it. And then if you agree to short the same stock, you can get $15 the other way, therefore turning $1 into 30 out of thin air. Um, Google it if you want a little bit better explanation. It's one of those things that I understand and don't necessarily know how to put into words the best way to make it understandable. But anyways, um, all these things need regulating and hopefully this exposes that and, and shines a light on it. But you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not hopeful that that's going to happen. Yeah. Buy Bitcoin. Excellent. Excellent transition, Ben, because yeah, at the end of the day, like, you know, we've talked about Bitcoin a lot, but the whole principle behind Bitcoin and the whole ideology behind Bitcoin is exactly this. It's something that can't be manipulated by one body, by one people. Um, you know, Bitcoin is what it is. The price is what it is. It's not being manipulated. It's not being levered. It's not, you know, there's no margin trading on it. It just, it is what it is. You buy $1 worth of Bitcoin, you get $1 worth of Bitcoin. Right. I guess the only, my only question now that you say that is how does it work in terms of like in Europe, a Bitcoin is still a Bitcoin, but then just like the cost of it is different because like the pound is the Euro. Like, they use the are, Euro. Are they? In, oh, Jesus. I was thinking the, whatever. I mean, to be fair, they don't use the Euro in every European country, but the majority of them. Um, did I say Europe? You said Europe. Yeah. Okay. So I, in my mind, I was like thinking, cause there's a GBP, GBP, Great Britain pound. Right. So there's a Bitcoin GBP, but then, so I, I, in my mind, I was thinking, so I'm not completely a moron, but like most of the time I'm a moron. So <laughs> yes, I'll give you that one. But so like a Bitcoin in, if you were to buy a Bitcoin in euros, mm. you're still getting the same amount of the, the actual Bitcoin, but you're like, but you might just be paying more or less depending on the value of like uh, yeah, I'd, a dollar. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine it's commensurate based on the exchange rate. Yeah, I, I could, that would provide a, that would poke a huge hole into the whole theory behind Bitcoin. Right, right. If, because if then it's like, oh prices. yeah, let's go buy it and fucking. Or like, I'd be like, Euro. hey man, let's go buy it. Yeah, exactly. Let's go buy a bunch of euros and and you know we'll buy Bitcoin that way. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, it's 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 an interesting week. It's an interesting story. I mean, you know, it's funny because a lot of people through the last year have been like, you know, we're living through history, and like literally, this is one of the the greatest financial collusion. It, you know what the funny thing about it is too, Ben, is that like did, nobody even tried to hide it. Like it, like at least with two thousand and eight, as everybody knows, I'm a huge fan of, or or student of. I guess I shouldn't say I was a fan of the world economy almost collapsing, but. In 2008, what was going on, to be honest, wasn't even really obvious to the people that were doing it. Like it wasn't, they didn't understand the securities that were, they were trading and what they were doing until it was too late. Mortgage-backed securities. Mortgage-backed securities, collateralized debt obligations, credit default swaps, all that shit. The majority of them, the majority of the people doing it didn't understand even the underlying principles of what they had created. It, it was, it was greed mixed with negligence mixed with ignorance. What happened yesterday, everybody fucking knew what was happening. 
and it just still happened. You know, it's like the difference between uh, murder one charge and manslaughter. You know, manslaughter is accidental, not premeditated. Murder one, you plan it, you do it. And like, that's the difference here. It's like, if 2008 was manslaughter, what happened yesterday was murder one. Um, is murder one first degree murder? Is that yes. just like the technic- the technical way to say it? Yeah, yeah, murder one. <laughs> yeah, that's how the, that's how the police Am say I it. that you know? out of the loop? Dude, nah, bro. Murder in the first degree. Murder one. Murder one. Um... But it was, it will go, it, it wouldn't shock me if there's books written about it and movie and a movie that comes out somewhere down the line and, you know, the big short squeeze or something like that. But, um, I, I just, and on know. top of that, Disney's remaking Robin Hood. Swear to God. Are they really? Yeah. It's one of the ones that. Is it going to be opposite where he yeah. just steals from the poor people? No, they're, well, they're making it, uh, not, they're making it like live or whatever. Live action. Yeah. Um, so, so I, if I can, if it, you know, and we should, I, we should probably start to wrap this up, but if I can just impart a little bit of advice, if you got your money in Robin hood, listen, I like the platform. i like the ease of use. I like the no commission fees, but on, they can't, they can't be trusted. You just can't try on, on principle alone. Even if this never happens again on principle alone, you should pull your money out. Because- and not to mention if you're in Robin hood in, if you have cryptocurrency on Robin hood, big no, no, because you don't hold your keys. If you, if, if right, you, so you hold- can't get it out of there eat without selling it. Right. Right. Or, or supposedly you told me you could, you just have to like, Go through a bunch of shit. Well, I just, so I don't know about crypto. I only know about stocks and bonds and ETFs and stuff like that. Okay, I, so there, there you fucking have it. Like that mean you know, oh, that's crazy, man. It's meaning it's crazy to think that. And and let me just back it up by saying, all this stuff does also settle down. Like don't like meaning if if it's crazy right now you know, and you can't get on the app because there's too much, mm. you know, whatever volume happening, then just, you know, whatever. You can eventually get on and and do what you need to do. And chances are, you know, you'll end, like I've always said, every time I've ever made a, a move, a financial move in terms of like trading or selling or doing something, I've lost money. So, you know, this, it does always go up. So meaning like, if you think you're losing money right now, it's like, maybe, maybe, you know, if you're patient with it, you know, it'll come back. But that's, that's another thing with going after like meme stocks. It's like, um, there's risk there. The stock market is risk. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and for, for the record, for, the dozens of people who ask me about these meme stocks, none of these are things that you should hold as long-term investments. They are basically quick, get rich, quick schemes. Um, and they are extremely risky and extremely volatile. And you've seen the level of corruption that goes on with them. So if you decide to jump in next week, by all means, I'm with you, you know, sticking it to the hedge funds, but be careful. Um, don't risk more than you're okay with losing because I I just, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Um, 
But what I was going to say was, yeah, get your money out of Robinhood. If nothing more than principal, you can't have your money in a financial institution that dictates what you can do with it. Imagine if you had $10,000 in the bank and you went to the bank and said, hey, I want to take out my $10,000. And they just said, no, sorry, you can't. You know, you wouldn't be cool with that. So get your money out of Robinhood. And it, it which hurts me to say, because again, I love the Robinhood. I've been using it, you know, for the last, you know, 13 months or whatever but you got to get your money out. And if you do have your money in, don't sell your positions. That's another key point of advice. What we're just talking about. Don't sell your positions. If you sell your positions and you buy them back, you won't end up with the same amount of shares. You'll end up with the same dollar value, but you won't end up with the same amount of shares. What you can do is you can contact another brokerage like E-Trade, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Wells Fargo, any of those, and they will contact Robinhood and they will be able to transfer your positions from Robinhood. It may take a couple weeks, but they can transfer your positions right out. So you get to keep your average cost uh, and your position size. Um, I think it's a $75 fee, but honestly it's, it's worth the 75 bucks to know that your money is, you know, at least protected by a, a, a quote unquote real brokerage. Um, just, you know, yeah, get your money out of Robinhood. It's just, this is three times now in the it's, last I mean, year, it, right. twice like in the last week to, where, where, you know, they've shown that you can't really trust them. Yeah. I mean, it sucks to say that, but I mean, the writing's on the wall, you know, it's like three times you're out. Yeah. And two of them were this fucking week, you know? So like, you just, you gotta be, you gotta be careful. And, and don't get me wrong. If anything were ever to happen with Robin hood, I'm pretty sure your money's insured. So you would, you know, who the fuck knows how long it would take you to get out. Yeah. No, I was wondering that same thing too. It's like, dude, what if they just like shut the app off and like you literally, you know what I mean? That, that potentially could happen. I mean, it could happen with any app. It sure. Happen with fidelity. It could happen with bank of America. It could happen with just wild. Also, if you are a Robinhood user there, I, there's a class action lawsuit going against them. You know, odds are you probably won't get much money out of it if it ever does go to trial. I was reading an article on MarketWatch again a little while ago about, you know, potential roadblocks with that. But I have attached my name to it. Um, I have a link if you, um, if you want to uh, join in, join the fight and try and get a little money out of it, which you're probably owed. Um, just text me, DM me on Instagram. You ha- would you have had... And, uh, would you have had to have, um, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was going to say, would you have, have had to have been in those securities to be in, in the class action? Lawsuit? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I realistically, you could make the argument that you were a Robin hood user who was looking to buy AMC the morning of Thursday, January 28th and weren't able to because Robin hood didn't allow you Fuck, therefore costing was, you dude. money. Yeah. All right. Send me that link. <laughs> Yeah, you were trying to buy like a hundred shares of GameStop. I was right? trying to buy a hundred million dollars <laughs> worth. And they wouldn't let me. Oh God! But uh, yeah, so it's been an interesting week. Um, uh, it looks like Monday is the day where the rubber's going to kind of meet the road with with uh, at least GameStop and AMC. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens as these uh, hedge funds have to bail out of these short positions and these put options. So uh, I, I don't know if we'll spend a whole episode on it next week, unless the whole financial system collapses uh, but i'm sure we'll kind of catch back up on where we're at next week uh i still have my 101 shares of amc i i as i posted on my instagram story i'd rather fucking move back in with my mom before i sell this position aka once it hits 30 dollars a share i'm totally gassing this position and doubling my money and, and not sitting here and waiting for it to get to 500 dollars a share but um that's the other thing dude it's like 
everyone that's bitching about all this shit it's like you know in the grand scheme of things it's like you're only mad because because you know you would have made more money had they let other people buy you know what i mean it's like so yeah yeah exactly. it's all based on greed yeah you're you're mad because your greed was superseded by somebody else's greed <laughs> fuck yeah. um well let's just be grateful and maybe money will just get thrown at us yeah i mean listen man hey man you know i, I got royally screwed over yesterday and you know, do I sound upset? Nah, man. It's, it's, uh, we're truly living through fucking history for the 9,000th time in the last year. Um, yeah. And I've been a crypto analyst. investor since 2017. So nothing can fucking phase me. <laughs> yeah. That's, you want to talk about volatility. <laughs> for those of you who have never met Ben, he looks like he's about 52 <laughs> years old for the amount of stress he's been through in the last three years. Uh, fuck. Um, all right. Well, just like my dad. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's, uh, let's land the plane. Um, subscribe, rate, review, check out the Instagram, um, at Sunday conversation. I almost forgot our Instagram handle at Sunday conversation on Instagram. Check out the Patreon page. Our, the link is in said Instagram is on said fuck. The link is in said Instagram's bio. Uh, Benny, great chat. Which, thanks, which thanks for- Instagram owns. Which Instagram owns, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, check that out. You want to hear about Instagram stealing all your shit. Um, Benny, thanks for letting me rant, buddy. Uh, Great chat, even though it was a little bit one-sided. Love you. Love you, bro. I mean, I don't think I like listening, so fuck. Let's do it. My man.